Uh, tonight, we're not going to start a new book in Bible study, um, but I do want to look at um, I do want to look at a, a chapter um, and a few verses in First uh, Samuel. We're going to go to First Samuel 16. I'll be in NLT. First Samuel 16. I'm going to start at chapter one. I don't know how far I'm going to go, but there's some there's some things we want to pull out tonight from this um, this uh, uh, encounter, I guess, or assignment that God gave Samuel when it came time to anoint David as king, even though David didn't become king uh, for some time after that. But 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 I want to look at um, look at this here. All right. So first Samuel uh, uh, chapter 16, verse one. And we're going to do like we normally do with Bible study, we're going to read through and I'm going to pull some things out um, uh, for us uh, tonight. So here, here, here it is. So so now the, the Lord said to Samuel, now here's, here's God speaking to Samuel, uh, you know, Saul is king right now. Uh, the chapter before this, feel free to go back and read it. God is pretty much done with Saul. Even said, even said to the point that um, I regret the day that I even made Saul king. Uh, uh, and so now he's like, okay, it's time to find a new king. So now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. He says, find a man named Jesse who lives there. If I have selected one of his sons to be my king. Now watch this. There's a couple of things I want to pull out just here in this first verse. Okay. Um, understand that God gave Samuel time to mourn Saul, right? The fact that it's like, you know what? Uh, uh, he's not my guy. I wish I never did this. And he gave him time. But understand that all things, including time of mourning and time of grief, uh, all things, including, you know, that time to feel bad about what's going on. Like, even if that feeling is still there, because it doesn't mean that Samuel still didn't grieve or felt bad about the whole Saul thing. What it means, is he says, listen, you've mourned this long enough. Now it's time to get up and go. That there is still, even if you feel down or feel bad or feel or, or feel grieved over something, you can still feel that and still get up and go. Sometimes people tell you, you know, you should be over this by now. But there are some things you go through that that still hurts you. And that but but it's but don't let it paralyze you. Don't let it stop you. Don't let it don't let it keep you from moving forward and moving on because you can look. He says you mourn long enough, now I need you to go. And so you could still feel that heaviness, but there will become a time where it's time to still go. And 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 if there's one thing we've got to learn is how to go while grieving. Okay, how to go while feeling heavy, how to go while still dealing with that burden, how to go and be about whatever it is God has us going on next, Brian, to go and to move even when I don't feel it, even when I don't. Because listen, because one of the look, one of the biggest things I think that disrupts us even in the church is we've reduced the Holy Spirit to a feeling. And so we say, oh, I caught this Holy Spirit. You don't catch the Holy Spirit that it makes you all of a sudden want to get. Now, that, that's a feeling. The, the work of the Holy Spirit is actually what he, how the Holy Spirit leads and guides you when you don't feel anything, when you don't feel like getting up, when you don't get the little tingle down your spine, you know, because you heard an organ play a certain chord. Like the, the Holy Spirit work is on Wednesday when people at work is getting on your nerves. The Holy Spirit work is on, on Friday when you got to deal with family members and and God knows how it is dealing with family members. So see, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not when somebody get up there and sing and they say, because you know what? The, look, you can you can feel a feeling about anything. And and, and I'm not trying to say that the, Holy, that the Spirit doesn't move on people. Of course it does. But we can't reduce it to just a feeling that I feel. And 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 that's how I know the Spirit is moving in my life. No no no. I know the Spirit is moving in my life when I'm operating in the will of God when I don't feel like it. 
Come on, somebody. And so when I'm feeling like, okay, I'm grieving, like, and, and it says you've mourned long enough, get up and fill that flask with that olive oil and go to, to, to find a man named Jesse because one of his sons are going to be king. And you got to still get up and do it anyway. The work of the Holy Spirit in my life is to what is to follow the will of God and to be instructed by the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit and do it when I don't feel the little the, the tingle go down my spine. And we sit there and talk about it's the it's the that's the yeah, no, that's just that's the feeling. But the Holy Spirit work happens even outside what it is you may or may not feel. A second thing we got to see in this verse, uh, watch, uh, watch this, Jason, is that he says, find a man named Jesse who lives there. Now, here's what he tells him to do. This is what's so interesting. He says, find a man, na- uh, a man named Jesse who lives there. He says, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. Why wouldn't God just tell Samuel his son David is going to be my king? How come he would say, go find a man named Jesse, and when you find Jesse, uh, one of his sons is going to be king. God could have easily just said, you know what? I need you to go to Bethlehem to the house of Jesse. He's got a son named David. That's the one who's going to be king. Because there's an overarching lesson that we're going to see later on that God is trying to teach him without giving him the details. Okay. Sometimes Crystal's not going to like this, but sometimes we have to move without the details. Okay. Sometimes he's going, I need you to go to Bethlehem, carry the oil. Go find Jesse. One of his sons are going to be king. Krista would say, well, which one's going to be king? And God would say, I, don't know, I just want you to go. Well, why can't I know? And then and then Krista would take personality tests with her and make all the sons take these personality tests. And then whichever personality test went best, then that's the one who she would who said, no, I'm just messing around with Krista. No, that, 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 that's my buddy. But no, but he didn't give him the details, even though God knew it was David, but he didn't tell Samuel. Watch this. And Samuel is the prophet. Samuel is the one who God speaks to. Samuel is the one who's anointing kings and God didn't even tell him. Sometimes we have to stop getting so caught up on the details. And I say, when God says go, or God says move, or God says do this, or that's right, Brian, sometimes it's best not to know. When God says this, Sierra, or God tells Mike this, or God tells Tanya, or Tyrell, and God says do this, he may not give you every detail. And that doesn't mean stop. That doesn't mean wait. That doesn't mean don't go. What it means is you will know when you get there. God was going to reveal everything he needed to know and so because there was lessons in in it's still in that travel still in that destination still when he got there there was things that he had to teach him and things that we learned from this encounter that had he told that him that it was David we would not have learned and sometimes you can watch this sometimes you can learn more by not knowing there it is right there Never mind. I'm not preaching Sunday. This is good enough right here. This is going. This is good enough for the next week. Watch this. Now I'm still. I'm still preach Sunday. Sunday at noon. Sunday at noon or, or, on the same Zoom. But watch, watch this. Sometimes we learn more by not knowing. Some sometimes sometimes God God teaches us more by not telling us the details than than if He would have told us the detail. Okay. Sometimes we learn more by watch this by trusting God. There it is by trusting God. By having faith and move without knowing, then we would learn if we knew all along. God could have told him it was David, but he didn't tell him it was David. He said, go to Jesse's house. He's got several sons, and one of them is going to be, is going to, is going to be the king. Now, watch this. Now, here's Samuel. But how can I do that? This is verse 2. If Saul hears about this, he's going to kill me. Now, watch this. This, this mission that God gave him was not without danger was not without its risks, okay? And there are times that, that, that God calls us and it might, watch this, might be risky, okay? We read about that in, in David Platt's book, Radical, might be risk, 
It's not always risk adverse. It, it, look, it might not be comfortable. And not everything's a life or death risk, but there's, there's comfort. Maybe it's a comfort. It may not be comfort. It comfortable. It may not be familiar. Uh, 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 it, it, there may be some risk involved, but but that doesn't mean what not to go. So I don't have the details, but I got to go. It's not going to be comfortable, but I got to do it. Because see, here's the thing: we love hearing that God is going to do new things in our life. We, God's going to do something. New. God is going to God is God is you know, and we love the He elevate. He's elevating me. Okay, I got it. But you understand that if there's new. And there's something else that he's doing in your life that that's different from what he's done before, that there is some risk involved that is not going to be comfortable all the time. And, and so we hear it. And theoretically, it sounds good. But then when but when it's time to move it from the theoretical and from my head into our heart and into action, sometimes we pause. But he says, how can I do that if Saul hears about it? Now, watch this. Here's what God tells him. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have uh, come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which one of his sons to appoint now to, 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 to anoint for me. Now, watch this. He still knows it's David, but he still isn't telling them. He says, obey. Uh-oh, here we go. Obey what, obey what I told you now first, and then I will show you the next, okay? Can, watch this. Can I trust God with now? Come on. Can I trust God with my now? And, and wait for him for my next. Because so many times we want, we get so caught up in, I oh, gotta wait, gotta wait on the Lord, gotta wait on the Lord, gotta wait on the Lord. And we don't talk about the fact that, yeah, wait on the Lord. He's gonna show you what he's gotta show you next. But what are we doing with our now? What am I doing with what he has told me now? So excited about next. And we're gonna do a whole, whole teaching series on how to wait on the Lord, how to wait on the Lord, how to wait on the Lord. I'm gonna tell you how you wait on the Lord. You wait on the Lord by obeying now. You wait on the Lord by doing exactly what you've been instructed to in your what? In your now. Don't forsake your now for next. Live in your now. Obey your now. And he said what to? Because don't forget, this is almost like what he told Abraham. He, sa- he says, invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you which sons to anoint for me. Remember he told Abraham, leave your father's house and go to a land that I will show you. All right, here we go. Here we go. Uh, uh, so now watch this. So now, so, so we see, he didn't have all the details, right. But, but he knew what God told him to do. Uh, 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 there was the risk and it was uncomfortable, but then God gave him instructions. God gave him what strategy. We talk about every step of the righteous man is what ordered by God, that the Holy spirit is there to what lead and guide you into what, into all truth. We talked about this. I think it was last Sunday where God will give us instructions. The Holy spirit will give us instructions. Sometimes it is course where to go, and sometimes it is character, what to do. But he gave him what? A strategy. And I'm telling you, we have to get in a place and and we have to get comfortable with closing out distractions and closing out noise, closing up the television, closing up people, friends and 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 listen to what God is instructing. Because if you listen to him, God will instruct us and God will, will show you strategy and will show you his strategy and his way for what? For where he's trying to take you to next. So he says, I understand the risk, but here's what I want you to do. Take the heifer with you. He says, and then say you're going to do a sacrifice, invite Jesse to the sacrifice. And that's what I'm going to show you what we're going to do. So I'm gonna tell you. So I want you to go. I'm not going to tell you who's going to be the king, but I, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to his house. All right. I see you, Lord. I see you, Lord. Confirmation. He said, "Look, I want you to go ahead and go. Go ahead and go. I'm not going to tell you who's going to be, but just go, and that's where you're going to find him. But there's risk. I understand there's risk. But here's the strategy. Okay. Here's what I want you to do. Now watch this. 
So here's verse four. Some of us need to jump off the call as soon as I read the first part of verse four. Here we go. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. I'm convicted right there. Uh, Cause look, I get instruction direction all the time. And I, and listen, and, 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 a, and something that I need to do and that I need to make sure that, 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 that I, that I am constantly reminding myself of is Rick, are you living first Samuel 16, four? So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. Am I getting it, it, it? When I wake up in the morning, can it, can it be, or when I go to bed at night, can it be said about me? Can I write down it? That's right, Brian. OB, that's right, Tracy. Watch it. Can I write down in my journal? Can I write down in my review of my day that today I did as the Lord instructed? Come on. Told him to go. He told him to, he acknowledged the risk and gave him and gave him a, a, a strategy. And then what? Because all that means nothing. Everything and from verse one to three means nothing if verse four doesn't happen. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. Oh, we oh we could end right there, but we not. So Samuel did what? As the Lord instructed. So when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Because remember, Samuel is the prophet. Um, and look, a lot of times back then, you read Jeremiah, read Isaiah, read the, read the books of the prophet. They didn't really come with a whole lot of good news. Nowadays, every prophet got good news for you. Like, God's going to give you a million dollars. And, you know, you know, God, God's not going to give you a new car. He's going to give you three new cars. And that's what the prophets tell us now. But back then, they didn't, they didn't, they weren't coming around with, with a whole lot, with a whole lot of good news. But anyway, so they're like, what's wrong? They're like, Do you come in peace? Samuel says, yes. Yes, I come in peace. He says, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to this sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification right uh, for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. So here he is doing exactly what the Lord told him. So when they arrived, Samuel took one uh, took one look at uh, Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed, okay? So now we're going through the story where he's looking at the sons. And so Samuel sees one and sent one. Now watch this. Samuel is the prophet. Here's from the Lord. The Lord speaks to him, told him, and even even the prophet looked at a son with his own eyes and got it wrong. Okay. All right. Even the prophet Samuel walking in obedience, doing what God told him. He looks at one son and says, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But then the Lord said to him, please don't don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Here we go. Y'all know the rest of the story. He goes down all the other sons, and then, then Samuel's just like, nah, like, what's going on here? Like, none of these people are it. And then Samuel said, are these the only sons you have? And then Jesse says, well, there is still the youngest, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. And then so we know that, you know, David comes in and then he gets in. Um, he sends for David. David comes in. And then, of course, he, he says, yeah, this is the one who we're going to who we're going to get. But understand this, that that even the prophet looked at him and, and looked on the outward and thought it had to be that first son. And God was like, no, 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 no. See, I don't look on the outward appearance. I look at what's going on in inward. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, is that there is something special, something called, something anointed in every single person on this call. We talk about this, that we all have a call to change and to impact the sphere around us. That, that, that we talk about it in 2 Corinthians. This is why I say it in 2 Corinthians, where it says that it is now God working. It's not just Pastor Rick. No, God is, it says is working through all of us, right? And is doing the reconciliation work that he did through Jesus through us, reconciling the world back to him 
through us. And it says in, in 2 Peter 4, 8 uh, uh, or 18, that, 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 uh, uh, that, all, that God has blessed all of us, right, with a gift. And we're supposed to use that gift, right, uh, to, 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 to bless and to edify one another. All of us are supposed to. Now, here's the thing, that God has placed something special in you, but you're living in a world that can't see it. There it is. That Watch, watch. God has placed something special inside of you, but you're living in a world, watch this, where even sometimes the prophet can't see it. Yeah. But even when Samuel couldn't see it, God still saw it. Watch this. So what you, that's it, Tracy, watch this. So Tyrell, so Mike, so when the, so when the world looks at you and even the church and, and says, no, you can't get distracted by their no. Here it is. So when they look at you, Brian, when they look at you, Val, when they look at you, Mandy, and say, well, that can't be the one, you cannot get determined. Watch this. We need to learn how to be okay with their no's. I was talking to Tia about this two weeks ago. That Listen, I have learned that when, when people say no to me, that a God, that God's yes is right around the corner. All they've done is narrow is 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 canceled out that path. I say, well, that can't be God's path. And even if they do say no, God can say yes and turn it all the way around. David had something in him that God saw that his father didn't even think of bringing him in. Watch this, because Jesse didn't know that the son, one of the sons, were going to be anointed king. He thought it was just about the sacrifice. He didn't even bring David in the house for the for the for the uh for the sacrifice. He just left them out there with, with the animals because that's what he did. Now notice this too. The one, here we go. I'm not gonna don't let me go on church, but watch this. The one who was anointed, watch this, was not in the house with everybody else. Nope. <laughs> here it is. What was he doing? Outside working. The watch the one who had it in him wasn't in the house. The one who had it in him wasn't a part of the little ceremony that they had going on. Watch this. The one who, who, who had it in him, who God saw, wasn't the ones who was paraded around in front of the prophet. It was the one who was outside doing the what? The work. All right. <laughs> I got to pick basketball teams or not. I can't preach long. Here we go. Here we go. So here's what, here, so here, so here's what we need to do. Watch this. We've got these impact declarations. You need to write this down and repeat this to yourself. I Listen, I will not doubt what's in me just because no one sees it. There it is. Because look, watch this. Watch this. Because Jesse is his father. And the, the other dudes are his brother. And the family even left him outside. Samuel had to ask, is there another one? They knew that David was there and that he was outside. So watch this. Sometimes the people closest to you who, who should know you the best even sometimes they can't see it, but we've been trained, watch this, but we've been trained to look outwardly. And so we need to what? Not doubt what's inside of us just because no one sees it. Watch this, watch this. It's easy to get excited about that one, but here's another declaration. I will learn to look beyond what I see in people or what I see about someone, because I love it when I've got to make Tyrell look, look deeper about me. Cause there's more to me, Tyrell, even if you don't see it, Eugenia, there's more to me. And I love that part of church, but I also need to know that when I look at Charles, 
There is something deeper than what I see with my physical eyes. And, and, and God sees it in him. And whatever God has him doing is because God sees it in him. And I need to learn that if I just look with my natural eyes and look on the outward, that I won't see it in him. And I don't watch this. I don't want to I don't want to exhibit what Samuel exhibited, Tracy. Tanya, I don't want to exhibit what Samuel exhibited when I when I'm looking on the outside and say, well, well, this one's tall. Well, he's strapping. Surely this is the one that God has anointed. I don't want to fall in that trap because, again, here's Samuel doing what God called him to do. And even he missed it with his eyes. And so I don't want to doubt what's in me just because nobody else sees it. I want to make sure that I that I that I that I that I look deeper than just the outward appearance in others. Here it is. And watch this. Number three, then we're picking basketball teams and the Abbott Elementary comes on at, at nine o'clock tonight. Uh, watch this. Watch this. And I, and I will dedicate myself to, be, to beautifying and growing the inner man. Because if the inside is what God sees, then we're wasting a lot of time worrying about the outer man. Now, I'm not talking about don't go like exercise and stuff like that. I mean, keep yourself healthy. Your body is a temple. But what I'm saying is, is that we spend a lot of money and a lot of time trying to make the outward things look good. Trying to, if you try to, trying to play to the outward. Why? Because we live in a world that's all about appearances. What you got, what you look like, what brand is that? What's this? And all, and all this other kind of stuff. And God is saying, God, my people, my people are falling for it. My people, you go to you go to some churches nowadays. It look like a fashion show. What you wearing? What they look like? What's this? What's that? And we walk in there, and it's all about the outer, 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 outer. And we're supposed to be developing the inner. We're spending we're spending more money on our outer and more time on our outer than we are on developing and growing inside. But it is but but it's what's on the inside that literally has you called, that literally has you chosen. For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of him who what? Who have who have called you out of darkness into a, his marvelous life. That's inner. And so, and so, and so, and so, so we get passionate about the hairstyles and we get passionate about the haircut and we get passionate about the jewelry and we get passionate about the, the, the brands and we get passionate about the cars and we get passionate about the house and we get passionate about all these things and, 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 and inside is a desert. But literally the Jesus, God, God told, told Samuel, do not look on the outward appearance for God looks on the end inside. And thank God, because as you as you read through David's kingship, David needed God to look on the inside because David outwardly was a wreck, a complete wreck. All right, there we go. So what? So 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 what? I will not. I will not. Um, I will not doubt what is in me, uh, just because others don't see it. I will learn to look beyond the surface. Because look, when we have to learn to look beyond the surface of people, we got to look beyond things that annoy us. We got to look beyond things that, to our flesh, things that may annoy us, things we may not understand, things we may not like. We got to look past it and say there's still something inside there that God sees, and I'm determined to see it, right? And I will be dedicated to developing my inner man, even at the even at the cost of outward uh, beauty or development or or or, or vanity.